Welcome to the Innovation Today podcast, where we speak with today's technology leaders about how they're innovating to stay ahead of changing industry dynamics and reaching new levels of productivity and automation. Brought to you by ServiceNow, your partner in digital transformation. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us today for another episode of the Innovation Today podcast. I'm your host, Spencer B. Miller, an Innovation Officer at ServiceNow. And today, we're super excited to welcome Roy Schultz, a Senior Manager at Enterprise Services and Process Management with Deloitte. Roy, welcome. Thanks, Spencer. Uh, thanks for having me. Good to be here. Yeah, happy to have you. And today, we're, we're talking on the fun topic of GBS, which we've done one or two of these on the podcast now. And I think, Roy, you might be rounding us out. Let's let's start to kind of get this GBS thing in mind. So it's a fairly robust topic. I know when I've done research on it myself or I talk to customers about it, it can kind of feel like this huge, huge umbrella of sometimes complexity. So I think we'll boil down some of that some of that complexity today and hopefully get it a little bit more diluted into something tangible and real. <laughs> that would be nice. Maybe maybe first a, a little bit on on you, Roy. Like, but what's your gig at Deloitte? How how'd you get into How'd you get into the role and, and what's been exciting for you to in the GBS space? Um, yeah, good, good question. Um, I've been with Deloitte now for, for two years. So not that long in this particular space, but I've been in the industry for, for 15, 16 years. Um, and I'm, I'm transitioning in from a, from a technology boutique shop who has been driving innovation uh, for multiple business functions. Um, and you recognize, especially since I'm the third one apparently in this particular episode, um, that GPS is all about delivering functional excellence and then cutting across the individual silos. So in any industry, um, I think everybody has been in some shape or form been part of a GPS organization, even though they may not have recognized it. Um, and coming into Deloitte, pretty quickly flowing into our GPS space. So um, Deloitte is quite renowned for their GPS implementations, transformations, helping organizations move into different directions of how they organize this. And then me coming in from a technology play um, is it's helped to accelerate that and provided some different insights, potentially even in the overall GBS picture, which no doubt we'll be tapping into today. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I, didn't, I didn't realize you came from a boutique. So you you kind of have the unique expertise of seeing it from a, maybe a less big company of a lens that, that Deloitte has been in or been consulting in for a long time and maybe given a few unique points on how that's how that could potentially affect or help something that's a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we, we are not blind, at least the, the old micro community, which came across, which is like 15 or so from one of the rest of really a small boutique firm, um, providing a different angle to the big enterprise and, and having heard other angles than you might have heard when you were just coming from Deloitte. So that has been really helpful indeed in all of these discussions uh, to be able to connect it from, from different angles, if you will. Amazing. Well, I'm sure they're happy to have you, and we think we're thankful for your expertise on this subject. On uh, if we if we kind of kick it off, what why do you think why do you think GBS is a trending topic? It's it's not new necessarily, but why do you think it's kind of getting a, a bit of a swell in interest lately? I sense that technology and the disruption which is happening around it is 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 helping um, because that is talk of the town. Um, GPS has been around for a long time and people may recognize GPS as something new, maybe even a lot of organizations, but I'm fairly sure that everybody heard about chat services, um, business process outsourcing, those type of things. And GPS is actually more of an evolution on 
these type of uh, transformations, if you will. So everybody has come across it in some shape or form. Uh, some may even call it enterprise uh, service management, if you will. Um, for me, that's semantics. Um, it's about what you do and what you mean by it. Why has it now lived off and, and why is it getting more and more attention is because I think my personal feel is war on talent has been quite hot these days and being able to provide a internal ways of working and support and services organization to help out your internal staff, how they are willing and wanting to be treated has become more and more important. And with that, GPS organizations or people who are fanatics in this domain have seen that what they are delivering, or what they try to deliver uh, for a long time is exactly on that particular element of where we are moving with our enterprises. So I, I think that was helpful for the brand of GBS in, in, in the first place. Um, and it allowed us to, well, stay relevant almost, if you will, um, because, well, um, shared services, cost cutting, that was the big important topic that was delivered. Business process outsourcing in the same area. Now it's less about cost cutting. It's more about efficiency, effectiveness, and um, how are we perceived as an organization for our employees? Are we giving them the right tools and then the right services in order to do their job better? Uh, and get more value out of them. Yeah, and I guess the the, the cost cutting is still a, a, a benefit of a side effect, right? It still helps in the in the notion of helping the company save money because you're having less silos do the same thing. But I I actually hadn't thought of it from an employee experience experience standpoint. That makes that makes a bit of sense too. What do you, what do you think specifically, or what do you think? Uh, maybe not not specifically, but it could be specifically too. What about GBS makes the employee experience that much better? There's two things there, right? Um, and I think already gave you a hint that I'm more approaching this from a technology angle perspective. Um, GPS as a process, as a principle, is allowing to streamline services and service delivery and have a faster time to delivery in general. With that, if I have a question and I know where to go to and I get my question answered faster or I request something and I get it delivered faster to my home address, if I, if I need a new batch or anything like it, that is all perks of doing it properly and then having the, the business services organized well. That's helpful. The experience, how do I get there and how do I find the right desk to request something from, um, I think that's where the technology angle comes into play. Um, and, and that's where I really get excited from. Okay, how can we provide these services to our end users, being the internal employee, and how can we make that look as easy and slick and easy and, and normal uh, during the nine to five as it would at night on a mobile phone, uh, browsing to the app store, for instance. Those type of changes and, and therefore making it seamless from an experience perspective and well, maybe even logical that that's the way forward without even thinking about that I am now engaging with my supporting functions in an organization, that the moment that's perception goes away, I think you've done it right. I think you're right there. I mean, th th we've been talking about this for a little while, at, at least at, at ServiceNow, but probably I'm sure you have as well, is this kind of consumerization approach of the enterprise. The expectation of the employees and the expectation of the customers that we serve is this seamless, simple experience that they get on their iPhones or they get on their desktops at home. And when they come back into the office, oftentimes it almost felt like they stepped back in time to then interface with either the company that they work for or the company that they're doing business with because 
it just was all pieced together from all the technical debt that each of the companies and and, and the silos within those companies had previously um, put forth. So I think I think you hit on something huge there is good technology simplifies the experience for the end user. There may be a lot of of complexity on the back end, but if that's that's the job of GBS. That's the job of the technology to mask that from the employee that's requesting that service to make it seem like it's super easy. So I, I think of like a consumer world, if you pop out your phone and you do Google Maps or Waze or Apple Maps or whatever, it gets you from point A to B, but there's a lot of stuff that's happening in there. It's taking in traffic information. It's it's understanding the different routes and logistics. It's understanding. I don't need to understand all that yeah, in order to get me from A to B. That's it. Yeah. yeah, I just know I need to get from A to B in the fastest way that I can on the thing that I'm riding on, either a bike, my car, or my feet. Yeah, yeah, and, and even to that particular iPhone ex- uh, experience, right? Don't, the iPhone has multiple apps, but nobody has told me how to navigate it. It's just intuitive. There's there's different different things on it. I click on one icon and I'm in my WhatsApp environment texting my friends. Going out of it, and I'm, I'm in Google Maps, going from A to B. It's super easy to navigate, even though the applications I'm, I'm opening up might be different. But it's one one interface. I, I go for everything to my iPhone when I'm at home. Um, going into the office, I go to my SAP, I go to my work there, I go to what have you. But I still need to find all the URLs or how do we get there even in the first place? Yeah, so that brings up the interesting point. That That's kind of like the initiation of why GBS might feel challenging. So if we think about companies out there, even individuals that are leaders at companies that are trying to start GBS initiatives or take them to the next phase, why why do you think it's it's difficult in the beginning or what are some challenges in the beginning that they might experience well note <laughs> but uh, just, just just to name a, a couple um if you just look into gbs right the, the the principle itself how do you need to transform your whole organization to move into whatever you have right now mm-hmm. over this maturity journey towards something representing a gbs or even a center office which is seen typically as, as a pinnacle of, of proper gbs it, it requires transformation, reorganization, moving off of people, um, even reorganizing which teams are delivering which particular services, potentially moving them into low-cost countries, for instance, because there's still a cost element involved in it all, of course. But that is, of course, a very difficult endeavor, especially if you think about this is not just from a finance perspective, where typically DBS transformations start. If you do it properly, it's also HR, it's also IT, it's also procurement. It's almost the whole enterprise. Sure. So from that angle, what I've, what I've learned, maybe to rephrase it a bit, if you pitch the, the, the North Star around the central office, how it organizes and having capabilities as a service, where you, you can request your project management capability and your function. I never get any negative feedback about that vision. Yeah. And everybody buys into it. Yes, that's the utopia, if you will, from how we should organize our businesses. But then the next step is, but how do we get there? And that's where all the complexity start in because everybody's organized, typically, currently, still as silos. Of course. So we've got all our KPIs and our um, goals set at, okay, how do we make finance more efficient? How do we make IT more efficient? How can we provide a better human experience from an HR perspective? Getting these aligned and getting these almost superseded by enterprise-wide KPIs. So it's more about how do you interact across those functions and how do you deliver end user journeys, if you will, rather than your individual function. 
um, yeah, that that changes the whole behavior and potentially even cultural view of how do you deliver your uh, your business, right? Yeah, it it seems like a it seems like something we would definitely want to do, right? It seems like every we would all want to have a more streamlined organization that interfaces with each other and has this kind of global level of how the the service routes across different departments it, it, it sounds like nirvana hot like the what what are maybe maybe spraying this in another way what are some customers that you've seen that have done this in a good way that leads out to these keys of success on setting that up so whether that be, um, I, I mean, I think center of excellence might be slightly overcoined on a term, but a, a general governing body that manages across the different silos, or a specific type of leader that has um, that has input from each of the BUs on a regular basis on a reoccurring structured meeting. Like, what what are, what are some customers that you've seen have done this well, or what are some keys to success on setting that up? Maybe that initiation. Um, yeah. To, to- uh, I will not be naming individual companies, of yeah, course, sure. but um, I've seen companies who um, have gone there, very few, actually, to get into that, as you mentioned, Nirvana, Utopia, depending on which area of the world you're from, uh, that's what you call Valhalla, maybe even if you were into Vikings. Very few actually go there and, and actually reach that state. Last May, it was or April, a knowledge event. Uh, you, you guys organized in in, in Vegas. Um, I was having some some conversations uh, on stage and then off stage people were approaching me. Well, our organization is, is wanting to go there, but I, I don't believe in that particular whole journey. What, what's your take on it? That was a, an interesting one because I'm um, happy to dive in in, in, in a minute uh, before I answer your question, but I'm not even convinced that every organization should go there or should have that as their sole purpose. We need to reach that North Star, need to reach the center of display, and only then we are successful. But maybe even as, I'll call it homework for the listeners in this one, um, how do you recognize whether you're on the right track, yes or no? Um, I think it's very important to understand, do you have global business owners currently in your organization? And that's a very easy check question. And that is the first step in how are you going to move away from that silo thinking towards delivery end-to-end services. And that's appointing owners who sit across those domains and actually have the ownership of delivering a set of services um, on the hire to retire element, for example. Hire to retire is typically something which is cutting across both HR and finance and IT and facilities, maybe even from an onboarding perspective. Organizing that as something cutting across and having an ownership there and having leadership to assess it, to professionalize it, to improve it, that's a indication of you're on the right track. Yeah. So it's truly service defined and it's truly added to or sponsored by or managed by a, a, a global business service owner that sees it across that entire life cycle. Correct. And service oriented, I think everybody will recognize that they are service oriented. But are you truly thinking about services which are crossing your boundaries of your individual function? Well, I'm in the HR space. I feel accountable for onboarding. New people coming in, that's that, that's my thing, right? However, I still need IT. I still need finance. I still need facilities. Is that all organized by me? Is that one request coming into my account? And I will facilitate the IT stuff, the finance stuff, the procurement stuff as well. Or is that part of someone else's service 
However, I feel proud of the onboarding because it's HR. <laughs> right. You get where I'm going, right? So that, that, that is a bit of the debate which you should have internally to see, okay, from an end user perspective, I want to hire somebody new. I don't want to raise four different tickets to four supporting functions in order for my newly hired to come in, get a warm welcome, and everything is set up for that particular new hire. I want to have one request and end-to-end is delivered by the supporting functions. I shouldn't be caring about going from A to B, whatever happens back to your analogy from the Google Maps perspective. I just want to see if there's hiccups along the way, if there's a traffic jam up, I need to get a warning if there's a delay. But for the rest of it, I couldn't care. I want to have A to B and you deliver it. Yeah, that's perfect. You mentioned something also interesting in there, at least interesting to me. On not everybody needs to go a full blown GBS. Yeah, I figured that would be triggering. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm just curious on it. I mean, I I actually like it from an advice standpoint because I think sometimes we we throw all these things out in the enterprise space and like, oh, digital transformation, you have to get to this this point. And, and, you know, that point just may not fit the specific business model of the industry that the customer is in. So are are there any areas that, lend itself better to GBS and then maybe some areas that necessarily don't. Yeah, but I want to turn it around and, and why I have that particular mindset and, and, and I might be uh, rubbing against the grain here um, in, in a Deloitte perspective maybe even, but um, um, what, what I think is the framework, the model about GBS is excellent. Again, everybody buys into it because it's sound. It, it has been proven over time. Um, there are hardly any faults in it. But like you said, going there might be a very daunting exercise. It also be a very costly exercise to do that trans- transformation. I would say that when you bring in the right technology, you could actually mimic, and with the right intentions of the word mimicking in that sense, a GBS organization, even though on the back end, you still be organized the traditional way in individual silo. And, and that's where well, even ServiceNow is, is, is what, what I run with on, on the Lloyd side. We have this thing called GPS for Now. You've, you may have heard about it. Um, that's all about creating that storefront, that, that one-stop shop idea. And from that, create an interface to all your delivering functions. Okay. If you deliver that and you can use technology again to start connecting the dots between those silos. So rather than reorganizing your silos and setting them up all differently and, and changing almost how they um, behave and function, utilize technology to workflow end-to-end services and utilize the technology to move a service request from one door to the next before you bring it back to the original requester. And, and with that, from my view perspective as an end user, I have one place to go to. I have one request I raise. And the fact that on the back end, it's still what we coin as the messy middle, I don't see, and therefore (laughs) I don't care about it because I will get at the end, my service delivered, which actually has touched multiple individual silos, but is orchestrated. And with that, you will gain efficiency and and speed and that user experience. Um, And therefore from a talent perspective, how we started off, I think you get the value. Sure, there is merit in then professionalizing and then optimizing the backend and potentially even do their reorganization still. But then it's more of a conscious choice from an, from an enterprise perspective. Okay, what's the benefit of doing all of this 
when I already have my storefront. Um, two, two, two benefits there. One is even if I undergo that particular transformation, I can hide it from my end users because I have that digital storefront. So the changes on the backend are less felt by the organization as a transformation, which is a benefit. And it allows me to go as fast or as slow as I wanted to go uh, because I can pick them up one by one. Um, that that's where I'm personally a fan of as uh, how to move things forward and how you should perceive and, and do this. Um, maybe to even on, add on top of it, um, and I tested this two weeks ago um, at the shared service conference which we were hosting. Um, I actually would urge every GBS organization to position themselves as a P&L within the enterprise. So rather than what we have in the past, we are doing this as a cost-cutting exercise only. Put your money where your mouth is, organize a P&L for yourself, and all the cost takeout you can bank and you can utilize to professionalize even more. The ROI which you get on that particular return of your investments, that cost takeout you can take to the bank as well and therefore really manage it as a enterprise within an enterprise. Um, that, that would be my... Uh, challenge for all the organizations thinking in these lines uh, because only if you do that it's really really tangible wow that's wonderfully said <laughs> that's has, has anybody taken you up on that on uh, establishing an enterprise within an enterprise on their own pnl within there their... are a couple yeah there wow. are a couple okay. yeah and uh, i was really pleased that i was positioning this during a labs with multiple clients in the same room organizing round tables and stuff so we had good in-depth discussions um, and one on the table was actually saying, well, we have a P&L. And I was actually standing up and applauding them on the spot because um, yeah, they, they went that way, right? Um, and it helped them. So uh, apart from that being a, a, a pinnacle of doing GPS properly, he confirmed that by setting it up as a P&L, therefore making it mandatory to make the changes and make the implementations and make the updates you do from an organizational perspective or even from a technology perspective tangible in order to route it back to, okay, I've invested in it, what's the return? And the return I can use for doing other stuff. If the return is lesser, I can do lesser in the future. Yeah. And and that actually changed the behavior of, of assessing this and actually has increased their speed to make changes. Yeah. Because it wasn't asking for investment money or, or improvement money which is typically the first thing which goes away in an OP cycle. Uh, you probably recognize that. Um, but it's it seen maybe even as a, as a product, if you're coming from that angle, a product can evolve over time as long as there's still value on the table. Well, the same thing is then true from a GBS organization. The more, as long as you deliver value, you can continue. Yeah. Yeah, and it's keeping you informed to be able to make those decisions on if you're if and how you're delivering value and if you're not then you can make a quick quick change and quick decision and if you are then you have an, a surplus of now funds that you could do that, that you could spend in, in in more efficient ways for automation or whatever else that, you, that might be in your yeah absolutely and it makes it also much easier to showcase the value you have for the enterprise yes and that that's what you see with organizations who are going there and actually have a gps leader sitting on top getting all those data points out of the enterprise, out of, out of their organization and being able to showcase that to, to the C-suite, mm -hmm. it's building them a seat at that table because it becomes more and more transparent how important 
a GBS is for the enterprise. Mm. So by making it tangible, um, it, it's growing their stature. And then in the next four or five years, we will have a, a CGBSO or whatever you call it back there in, in that time, but you know where I'm getting at. Yeah, I got you. We might have to shorten the acronym a little bit, but I said, yeah, yeah, most likely. <laughs> well, you mentioned earlier on Deloitte that developing a framework around this on kind of how to get started in DBS. Could you talk a little bit more what that framework is? I know, but one of the things you said was just kind of like the, the single point of entry or that consistent experience for the employee or the customer. What's what's that framework like? Just at a you know kind of a brief high level. Uh, brief high level. Um, we we call it GBS all now. So please Google it. Then you will get plenty of references uh, throughout, and you can, well, uh, check if I'm telling the right things right here because the, the written word on online is uh, is not not changing. Of course, um, it is revolving around three pillars, uh, which we call engage, act, and perform. Mm-hmm. And this translates roughly to engaging is how do you provide the service to the employee. So that storefront, which I was referring to, yep. a one-stop shop, I go there, but also to already start investing in self-service delivery because there's no faster way to deliver a service if it was ever requested in the first place. I've got a question, I type it in Google, I get a response, I get the answer, I'm happy because I got a reply, I know what to do next. The same concept is what we try to implement with Engage. You go in, Google-like search, um, what about my invoice or whatever? If I get the answer from knowledge or wherever it is, is coming from, then I know what to do. I've got my answer, I go away. One, it's case deflection. So it's less work for the backend. Secondly, the service is delivered instantly. So end user is happy. Now, the next step, the act bit, is actually when we are triggering a request. So I didn't find my answer in the engage layer. I didn't have self-service available. So I'm going to trigger in, okay, this is a request I have. This is a user journey I start. And then from the backend, utilizing the technology again, knowing, okay, this is the journey at hand. It is modeled out end-to-end, so I know which particular pieces of the puzzle I need to complete before this whole journey is completed. This is typically where the global process owner is responsible for. So helping out the global process owner, if you will, connecting the dots throughout the uh, organization knowing exactly which data points are relevant for which particular piece in the organization to add to it in order to fulfill that whole request. Automating that where possible, putting in notifications where possible, making that as efficient as as can be. Um, And to a point, you can state, okay, automation you do for the high hitting request and where you have repetitive steps, sometimes it's just in and out request still because that's how we organize. Sometimes some journeys don't have to cross multiple silos. That's the act bit. On top of it, from an act perspective, one thing we sometimes forget from a GBS perspective, um, our end users are the users in the organization who are requesting the services. But we also have GBS employees. So how are our own GBS employees providing the service to our other employees in the organization, making their lives easier with the right dashboards, right information at the right time, even have contextual search uh, related to the request they are coming in. That is helping them do a better job. And lastly, perform. And this is coming back to to the measure bit. Being able to track and trace what's happening in the organization, what services are being requested, how long does it take to fulfill those type of services, 
is there a waiting time typically between two silos which we should take on yes or no a lot of data exists in an organization but actually really grabbing that and making tangible information from it so being able to see what happens to make corrective actions that's all revolving around our perform pillar if you will that's great Hope that makes sense in a uh, what is it two minute pitch that was perfect i mean it's crystal clear to me and i've only i'm taking a look at the website and, and lightly read the the white paper but that that's a great great umbrella approach for how how to encapsulate it thank you on the measure piece you mentioned it briefly there i think it would be maybe maybe fall under the perform model of the measurement of how the activities of gbs are occurring you said something when we chatted prior to the call around this this getting getting started, right? And we've talked a little bit about how to get started here. And and you said start small, skill up, and then measure fast. So when you think about this this measurement notion, and and you just mentioned it here that there's a lot of data across the organization, how do you start to think about what's important to measure and how to display that on those dashboards to make these leadership decisions to ensure that the GBS organization is is running smoothly. Yeah, um, thanks. And then mentioning the, the latest white paper indeed is fo- focusing on how do you get started, right? Because again, North Star, huge complex outline, uh, where to get started, uh, start small, get the storefront up, first step in, and that's also where I state, well, start with the measurement piece. And and the measurement piece in this one is simply, between quotes, CSAT scores from a satisfaction perspective from an end user. So how satisfied are they at the baseline before we get started, before I implement that storefront around how easy is it for them to get to the right services, to get the right answer in the organization, how much time does it take you? These type of questions, even from a simple questionnaire perspective, getting that storefront in, allowing that self-service delivery, setting it up properly with, with knowledge, and then start tracking another CSAT round to see, okay, guys, did we now improve our service delivery? Uh, what's the perception from an end user perspective, how we are now delivering our services versus how we were before? That typically goes up enormously. And that's the first step of, okay, now I started to measure, but even taking that to the bank, or in this case, to my C-suite, guys, small investment, relatively short timeline. This is the impact. Well, take that into moving forward from an act perspective. And, and that's then typically how you would go about implementing those measurements. Yes, at the beginning, it might still be a bit of, um, how do you call it in English? Um, gut feel. Right, yeah. Um, which one do we go for first? Um, Again, setting a baseline, what's the throughput time right now? How many touch points do we have right now? How much time is involved? How much human effort is involved in delivering the service end-to-end? Then making the implementation, then making the changes, doing the automations bit, and then doing another measurement. To really make it tangible, okay, what's the throughput time right now? How many human effort is involved right now? What's the, these type of engagement you actually need to do and even call it maybe, um, well, the finance called maybe activity-based costing to really define, okay, what, what was the cost involved in all of these steps um, from a product lens, uh, objectives and key results, setting my goals and my objectives, and then really measuring to the key results. Did I achieve my objective? Yes or no? That is really important. Um, and well, I can give, can give you a, an interesting anecdote from what we learned ourselves. Um, and if I didn't see the audited numbers um, myself, I still wouldn't believe it. Um, 
pre-COVID, our onboarding was beginning of the year, or so we get of the month, new hires came into the office, um, goodie bag in hand, giving a warm welcome, nice hug, because you're part of the family right now. That's what we thought was proper, familiar onboarding, uh, warm welcome. COVID hit, nobody could come to the office anymore. And in Deloitte, we utilize the same model and, and GBS on now as well. They modeled out onboarding in the system. It was still a disconnected function. You could request it, but multiple functions were, 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 were engaged. From that point onwards, a request was automatically going to all the individual functions delivering the onboarding cycle. The CSAT scores of new hires went up without the warm welcome coming into the office. Really? That, tot that, that, that totally blew my mind. Like, okay, so um, coming into the office, getting a hug, getting a goodie bag, that, that feels how everybody would like to be welcomed in, in, when we're coming into an organization, right? Yeah. But actually taking it all away, but making it faultless, apparently is perceived as a better experience huh. than that hug. Wow. Um, I've told this story many times. And in every conversation, it's like, no, but the human interaction is the most important thing. The data shows differently. Yeah, no, um, it's the important. It, it, it's, it, it's weird. And again, uh, we've been audited on these numbers ourselves because we deliver it from our from a consultant business. And we've got an audit business as well, of course, uh, within Deloitte. So um, we measure our improvements and, and we get tracked and traced whether or not we should be allowed to spend more money uh, internally as well, how it should be. Um, but this were, these were interesting facts and to showcase actually if you measure the right things, you can actually also make better informed decisions because nobody would have thought about doing it without having the data afterwards telling us. We were forced right now, uh, but it learned us a great deal. Wow. I would have never thought that. <laughs> no, me neither. <laughs> That's crazy. That's well, I'm glad to hear that your, your employees coming on board now are, are happier than they have ever been. Even if, even if they're not getting the warm hug in the office. Well, we, we, we implemented that particular bit, but everything uh, yeah. else is now still automated. Yeah, so. everything else is streamlined. So now it's just a yeah. beautiful experience all around. Well, Roy, this has been this has been a blast. It's it's clear you have a wealth of knowledge in this realm. Uh, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to chat us through and, and actually you know make this really, really diluted down into something tangible. And, and it feels like you guys have a, a very prescriptive process and a, a a fairly understandable process from what I've what I've read out there on online. So those those listening that want to learn a little bit more about it, you already plugged where to go. Anything else? Any final thoughts on on GBS from your world? No, and and may, maybe to add, yes, of course we've got a well funded idea and a process and and, and an approach, but doesn't mean that every implementation is the same, uh, and every organization has their own identifications, their own cultures. Um, and therefore, there's no one path to enlightenment or something like that. I think that's one of the sayings, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for that disclaimer. That's important. All right, right, right. Thank you so much. And thank you, everyone out there. Once again, this was the Innovation Today podcast. We'll see you on the next one. Much appreciated. <laughs>